Collins, I know you've been working. I've been working this week, and we come sometimes tired in our body. But you know what I've found? I've found when you commit things to God, I remember so many times. I one time in particular, I was we were living in Houston, and my wife was teaching at Brother McLean's school, and I was doing carpentry work, and brother over in Orange, Texas, called and wanted to know if I could come over and preach for him. And I said, "Sure, what weekend?" He said, "No, I'm not. I'm wanting the whole week." I said, uh, "Okay." So I went, got up, and was at work at seven. And then worked till 2 and went home, showered, cleaned up, and drove to Orange, and preached, got through preaching. I didn't go out to eat much during that time. Uh, went home, back to Houston, got back up, was on the job again at 7. We did that five, six days a week for five weeks. But we had incredible revival. And you know what? I'd get it. I'd be on the job at seven. And after about the fourth week, uh, going into that fifth week, some of those old boys out there realized what I was doing. And they said, Man, are you tired? I said, Well, I am, but I'm not, you know. I'm going to make it. I'm going to be all right. So, the book of Romans tonight, I want to read you a scripture from Romans 1. Romans 1, and we are happy for everybody that's here. If this is your first time to be a visitor, you need to do yourself a favor and come back when Brother Gandhi is preaching and let him minister to you. He's an incredible, incredible pastor. I'm not going anywhere to you thank the Lord for that good pastor you've got. <laughs> you got a great, great, great man of God, and he loves you. Romans 1, verse 13. Now I would not have you ignorant, brethren, that oftentimes I purposed to come to you, but was let hitherto, that I might have some fruit among you also, even as among other Gentiles. I am a debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and the unwise. So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. Listen to verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. I am not ashamed of the gospel. I want to preach to you a little while tonight about a gospel you don't have to be ashamed of. Lord bless you tonight. You can be seated. The book of Romans attributed to the writing of Paul great apostle, great man. Paul wrote more about knowing, not just guessing, not, but knowing. He, he was always writing about knowing. Paul was uh, kind of like me. He was very analytical. He wanted to know why things work, what, what's happening when I push this button. And 
he just he just wanted to know, and he was very educated. He was educated uh, highly. He was in the school that was taught by Gamaliel, who was known as the greatest teacher of that day. And so Paul was skillful. He was very knowledgeable in the Word. And Paul was very zealous. I understand if from history, if you'd met him, you might not have been impressed much just looking at him because he wasn't an imposing figure. He was not some big uh, athlete or something of that nature. But if you had been around him just a little bit, you would have got a glimpse into who he really was because he was a fighter. I mean, brother, he, he, he was ready to go, to go to battle over the gospel any time. And when we first read about Paul, Paul hated the gospel. He hated the name of Jesus. When he heard what was going on, he, he was a student of the old law. He was a student of the Hebrew culture. He, he was studied. He said, I was the Pharisee. I was the chiefest of all the Pharisees. The Pharisees was the most uh, strict and orderly uh, part of any, any uh, Old Testament culture. They, they were so, so indoctrinated. And it, it got to a point where they... Uh, I read at one time that they got they got to the point where they were so concerned about uh, cleanliness and things of that nature. They would sit down to eat and they would get a bite of food. And many times that day they ate with their fingers and and uh, they would eat a bite and then they would wash their hand, eat another bite and wash their hand. They were so consumed in this kind of thing, just that outward form. And Paul said, I was the chiefest of all of them. I was so deeply indoctrinated into it. I, I was beyond anybody else. And so Paul was, Paul was the kind of guy that whatever he got into, he threw himself into it. And he had thrown himself into that. And what he knew of God and the, the gospel uh, he, he did everything he could to enforce it. He did everything he could to broadcast it. Paul, when we first find him, he has got a letter from the high priest that gives him permission to go into the homes of people who were the new believers, as he called them, and drag them out and have them locked up in prison, busting up homes. Sometime, and he, he was responsible for at least one man dying and probably more than that because they believed this new gospel. Paul just wasn't going to stand for it. He was not going to let it just flourish. He said, no, I'm going to wipe this thing out. It's not right. It's not what we need to be doing. It's not according to the old teaching. So I'm going to take it upon myself. He went to the high priest. He got the high priest to write a letter. And the Romans gave him power to go out and to gather people up and to lock them up because they believed in the name of Jesus. They believed in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They believed in repentance this new gospel as he called it this new thing he didn't think it was of God at all he didn't think it ought to be propagated and so when we find Paul he, he was going about and locking folks up so he was he was uh, really really when he when he wrote this he said, I, I am not ashamed of this gospel. My mind just has to go back and think, you know, here's a guy that's going and locking people up 
And then just a little while later, you read him saying, I'm not ashamed of this thing. Well, Paul, you were just destroying it a few days ago. You were tearing it down. You were telling how wrong it was. You said it wasn't like the, the old book said it should be. You were so indoctrinated in what you believed, and now you're telling me that you believe this gospel and not just believe it, but you are just, you're dyed in the wool. You're 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 I mean you're committed to it two hundred percent, and yet just a little while ago you hated it. I don't know if this is where the term came from or not, but there's an old phrase you hear sometimes being knocked off your high horse. Paul might have been the first one. He was going down the road one night, headed down to Damascus. He was going down to lock up some folks. And all of a sudden, the Bible said there's a light that shines out of heaven that's brighter than the noonday sun, and it literally knocks him off of his high horse. Now, I don't know if it was a high horse or a low donkey, but whatever it was, it knocked him down on the ground, and immediately he, reached, he just said, Who art thou, Lord? What power is this? Whatever power this is, I'll call you Lord if you can do that. And Jesus immediately spoke and said, Paul, it's Jesus you're persecuting. All this business you're taking care of, all this stuff you're doing, you're actually fighting against Jesus, praise God. Paul got up from there and went into town, and a few days later, a little guy came over and laid hands on him. He was blinded when he got up off that ground, and he went in, and, he, and, and I don't know, the Lord might have been trying to show him, Paul, you're blind. You're just not seeing. You don't understand it all, and you're not seeing, but when i tell you what, by the time the disciple came and laid hand on him, Paul was ready for whatever. He got up off of that ground and he went and got baptized in Jesus' name. God filled him with the power of the Holy Ghost and he literally turned Europe upside down with his preaching and teaching over the course of the next few years, praise God. Paul, I'm gonna tell you what, he was never dead where Paul was. I mean, it was either revival or run for your life. It was never dead where Paul was. Something was going on. He was attacking false gods. He was attacking false religions. Or he was sitting in the park and teaching people, taking them down to the lake and baptizing them in Jesus' name. Paul was a man that loved what he was preaching. But you know what? Paul was like a lot of people I know. He was learned in the word. He understood a lot of the word. But what Paul didn't realize was there was an experience missing in his preaching praise God there was something that he didn't have there was another note he didn't get there was something that beyond that last chapter he had people talk about the death burial and resurrection the gospel I will tell you what there's more than just the death burial and resurrection God wants us to preach more than him hanging on a cross. He wants us to preach more than him buried in a tomb. He wants us to preach more than him getting up out of that tomb. Jesus came out of the grave and immediately he began to say, I've been with you, but I'm going to be in you, praise God. There's another verse to the gospel, and that is the infilling power of the Holy Ghost, praise God. Oh, yeah, let's all clap our head to the Lord. 
In Acts 19, Paul met some disciples of John the Baptist. I don't know if he asked them about the weather. I don't know if he asked them how things been going. You know, when we meet people, we, we, we say, man, how's it going? Sometimes you open the door you don't want to open. They'll tell you how it's going, and it, you need lunch. Or we say, man, how's, how's, it's been hot, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been hot, but it's been nicer the last few days. I don't know if Paul went through any preliminaries. The Bible didn't say he did. He met these disciples of John, and immediately he said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Brother Mike, they said, we, we hadn't heard anything about any Holy Ghost. What are you talking about, Holy Ghost? And he filled them in on everything that had happened. All they knew was what John had preached. John preached repentance and baptism. He didn't, he didn't have the Holy Ghost. He died before the Holy Ghost was poured out. These men heard John preach and then took his message and left with it. And they met Paul and Paul said, guys, have you got the Holy Ghost? Well, what do you mean Holy Ghost? What Holy Ghost are you talking about? We don't know anything about the Holy Ghost. But when Paul got through with them, he took them down to the water and baptized all 12 of them. And when they come out of the water, they begin to speak in another language and prophesy. Praise God. There's an experience that goes with the gospel. There's something God wants to do inside of you. It's not just about cleaning up the outside. It's about moving on the inside. Praise. Ooh, I thank God for what I feel. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I was a little bit like Paul at one time. I was a believer. I had, I, I had not great knowledge like he did, but I had knowledge of the word. And guys on the job began to talk to me about the Holy Ghost. What they didn't know was God had already been doing some talking about the Holy Ghost. I just didn't know how to go about getting from here to there. I needed somebody to share with me. Okay, you're a believer, but are you a receiver? Let me read you a scripture. John 7, 38, 39. This is Jesus talking. He said, he that believeth on me. Now listen to this. As the scriptures have said. A lot of people believe, but are they believing as the scriptures have said? You got to get that in there. You, you might believe you can build a building, but if you work in downtown Tyler, you're going to have to do it the way the code says do it. There, there's a qualifying statement here. He that believeth on me, as the scriptures has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should Everybody say should, should receive, praise God. Oh, my Lord, I feel the Holy Ghost. I live with the Holy Ghost. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Jesus said, listen, boys, there's going to be an experience associated with my gospel. There's going to be something that will happen. Out of your belly shall flow, not a little stream, not a little trickle. There shall flow rivers of living water, praise God. Oh, I love it when the river starts flowing. <laughs> I love it when the river starts flowing, praise God. Somebody said, well, the river's overflowing. The men are just, they drag all kinds of stuff. The river washes a lot of stuff out of the way. 
lot of times we find ourselves in a flood and God's trying to clean up things, not mess up things. Praise God. But he said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water out of your innermost being. He said, I'm go- I've been with you, but I'm going to be in you. Praise God. When you get God inside you, when you get the creator inside you, when you get the glory of God inside you, brother, things are going to change. I'm telling you, things are going to get better. Things are going to get clearer. Things are going to get, oh, my Lord, I feel the Holy Ghost. Things are going to get made right the way God wants them. The Bible said, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. I received the Holy Ghost October 28, 1975. The very next day, God started dealing with me about baptism in Jesus' name. Brother Nick, I mean the next, very next morning, he started talking to me about baptism. What I didn't know was that's, this is the spirit of truth inside you, guiding you to all truth, taking you to the place you need to go next. Well, God, I've got this. Where do we go next? Here's where we go next. And he began to talk to me about the Holy Ghost. The guys on the job began to tell me about the Holy Ghost. When we started out, we started out like this kind of nodded up because we let it become a competition. Oh, no, this is my gospel. This is what we believe. That's y'all's gospel. That's what y'all believe. Worst thing that's ever happened to the church is denominations. I don't care what you are. God wants you filled with the Holy Ghost. I don't care what brand you claim. God wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost. God wants you baptized in Jesus' name. God wants you to repent of your sins if you hadn't, praise God. I'm just telling you what the scripture said. Peter said, repent and be baptized every one of you for the remission of your sins and you shall. Woo, my, my, my. I remember that. You got it, Brother Mike. I kept saying, Lord, you said shall, you said shall, you said shall. Not maybe, not could, might ought to, but shall. And I, it was right down in here somewhere. There was an altar sitting there then. And he come up from there speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. And he hadn't been the same guy since. You know why? Because when the Holy Ghost comes in, God begins to change you. He begins to reform you, transform you, praise God. He begins to do for you what he wants to do. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Your brother Stephen prayed through one night. I was preaching year, I think 2006 maybe. He reminded me this week of that night and what I preached that night and he got the Holy Ghost and now he's preaching tonight that same message, praise God. That's what he told me. He said, you mind if I take that message and use it? I said, brother, nothing new under the sun. Take it and go. Hallelujah. You find an ax head, put a new handle in it and cut wood, praise God. It'll cut both ways. It's not a single bit axe. It's a double. Matter of fact, it ain't even an axe no more. It's a chainsaw. It's a steel, praise God. You pull it and it goes. Hallelujah. You better have a hold of it. But I'm telling you, there's an experience that people are missing out on because they're hiding behind denomination. Well, we don't believe that. Well, I where I used to go, They might have believed it, but they never practiced it. And they discouraged you from practicing it. There wasn't much feeling in what I had before. 
I thank God for a gospel I can feel. I thank God for a gospel that's got a feel to it, praise God. I thank the Lord when I can feel the love of God flowing like a river down on me. I thank God that I can feel when he just puts his arm around me sometime and said, it's gonna be all right because you're mine, praise God. Nobody can pull you out of the palm of my hand. You are my child, praise God. I'm not ashamed. I don't have to be ashamed, Brother Nick. If I walk up to, a, you know, here's the beauty of it. Now, our gospel will get you to heaven. It'll get you there. But there's a whole bunch of stuff it'll do before it takes you there. We got a gospel that's got healing in it. We got a gospel that's got healing in it. I could be here for hours tonight telling you of the cancers I know God healed. Telling you of the blind eyes that I was there when God healed them. I could be here a long time telling you about people with tumors and people with strokes and people with heart trouble that God instantaneously healed them, praise God. And I can tell you about a lot of them that God is still in the process of healing them. He's doing it in such a way that they understand my body's getting better. It's getting stronger. Hey, he didn't do it instantaneously, but day by day, God is adding more strength to you. God is adding more vitality to you. Why is he doing it that way? I don't know. He's God. I'm not. I just know he does. I thank God. I, I don't have to back up. For, I don't have to be ashamed. Somebody comes up to me and says, brother, I got this problem. I don't have to say, oh, wait a minute. Wait, wait. That's not. Let me see if that's in our. Let me see. No, that's not in ours. I don't care what it is. I got a God that's able. <laughs> Sister, I love, I, I, this is my favorite part. He stepped out on nothing, looked into nothing, spoke into nothing, and pulled a universe out of it. That kind of God, Sister Martha, can heal anything going. Nothing new. God is not surprised by any of this new stuff they got going on. I, the name of Jesus is just as powerful as it ever was. The blood's still real, praise God. The gospel's still working, praise God. We're still in a church tonight that anything can happen here tonight. Anybody can walk out of here not hurting anymore, not blind, not lame, not crippled, not nothing, praise God. I don't have to run from them. No, 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 I got a God that can handle that. I don't, I can't even tell you how many services. On a Wednesday night, we came and, and we just thought, well, we're going to have a little Bible study. We're going to reinforce our believing. We're going to build our faith some because the Bible said faith come by hearing. And, uh, I, 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 you know, we just going to come in. And then all of a sudden, right in the middle of that, God reaches down and somebody walks out of there with no pain that walked in there about crippled, praise God. I can't tell you how many times we've had that happen. The young men come to church and I had one come to church one time in, a, in an anniversary service I was preaching and he had busted his rotator cuff all up and had a bunch of swelling. The doctor was planning on operating as soon as the swelling went out of it. He had his arm in a sling. He was sitting right back here. He, had, he told the pastor, he said, you got to make sure that nobody touches me because, man, if they do, I'm going to scream for bloody murder. Pastor said, well... I'll tell the usher, don't let nobody touch him. So he's sitting over there by the aisle. 
And he's got that arm in the sling. And I walked to the pulpit and I preached about 10 minutes. And all of a sudden, I saw him when he went. He's just looking. We didn't promise you God wouldn't touch you. Sister Martha, he was looking, trying to see who touched me. And there wasn't nobody there. And then in a few minutes, I saw him doing this. And then he started doing this. And he took that sling off and put it on the pew, praise God. God instantaneously healed him, hallelujah. The very next day, he received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, praise God. He came down the aisle right after service that day, anniversary service, and all people everywhere. He come down through there and he's swinging that thing like this. He said, Pastor, guess what? Somebody touched me. Oh, yes, somebody touched you all right. It was the hand of the living God. It was the hand of the creator. It was the hand, oh, my Lord, I feel the Holy Ghost. It was the hand of God reaching down. I'm I'm happy. I don't have to run from drug peddlers. I can tell them I got a God that can change you. You got miserable things going on in your mind. You got bad things going in your spirit. I've got a God that can clean you up and change you. I've seen so many of them that came and they've been hung on drugs for years and years. They've already been in prison, some of them. And they make one trip to an altar and they never go back for a green peel or a yellow peel. They never go looking for a needle again. They don't need to get any of that. We've had so many alcoholics that have came. Their lives are messed up. Their families are messed up. They make one One trip to an altar, praise God. And one trip to a baptistry. They never go back to the store to get another six pack. They never go back to get another quart. They never go looking for Jim Bean, praise God. Because Jim Bean can't stay where Jesus Christ is. Oh, come on, love the Lord, love the Lord, love the Lord. Hallelujah. My heart goes out to all these people that are believing but have never been told you can receive. It's good that you believe. It's great that you believe. But hey, there's another step that Jesus has already paid for. Well, I'm thankful I'm in a church tonight that preaches the gospel. Because when you preach this gospel, things are going to start changing. When you preach this gospel, brother, I'm going to tell you what devils are going to start running. The Bible said in Acts the 8th chapter that Philip went down to Samaria and preached Christ to them. When he did, people had demons in them begin to get received the power of God. When he did, they begin to get delivered from that stuff. I'm telling you what, they begin to call on God. There was great joy in the city. Now they hadn't received the Holy Ghost yet, but there was great joy. There was great joy because the devils are having to leave. There was great joy because their families are getting put back together. There was great joy because now God is moving in their homes, in their, in their workplaces, wherever they are. When you preach the gospel, brother, I'm telling you, there's a presence, there's a power that don't just come in this building. It goes outside of here. It gets in the parking lot. It gets in Walmart. It gets all over town, praise God, because this gospel, has got a presence with it. Let me, let me read you another scripture. 2 Timothy 
1, 7 through 12, I won't read it all. He said, I am not ashamed, for I know who I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Here's the secret. Our gospel is not a what. Our gospel is a who. Brother Nick, you go, to, you go to talk to somebody about the Lord. He's right there with you. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there will I be in the midst thereof. When you begin to gather together and begin to pray, he's there. Praise God. He is in the midst. Hallelujah. When we begin to preach this gospel, it's not just a word that's moving you. It's not just a clever statement that the speaker makes. It's not my golden oratory. <laughs> Whew, I wouldn't know what to do with it if I had it. No, it's not my oratorical ability. It's the fact that when we preach the gospel, Jesus is touching lives. Jesus is touching hearts. I remember one night I was preaching and there was a big guy, really big guy sitting kind of right back there. And he was just kind of locked up like this. But you know what? I began to preach the word of God and all of a sudden I began to see him. He began to loosen up and the next thing you know he's got those hands up in the air and the next thing you know God has filled him with the Holy Ghost while I'm still preaching. Hallelujah. It wouldn't surprise me tonight if you're here tonight and don't have the Holy Ghost. If you just go ahead and receive it. It's the easiest thing in the world. It's already been paid for. God wants you to have it. He is, you don't have to get it. You just receive it, praise God. You receive Him because He, oh, He's your Savior. He's your deliverer. He's your maintainer. He's everything, praise God. When we preach the gospel, the power of Jesus Christ begins to move in the congregation. Mm, we need to lift our hands and love him a little bit. I feel God talking to somebody right here tonight. You've been a believer, but you need to be a receiver. Oh, I'm not telling you everything you heard before was wrong. I'm not going to say that at all. We get this thing mixed up sometimes. We think that everything that every other church preaches is false. It's not. It's not. It's absolutely not. They're preaching out of the same Bible. They're preaching about the same Jesus. They're preaching. They may not have all the, the knowledge some of you have, but I'm telling you, they're preaching from the same word. They just don't have the experience that goes with it. But if they get it, praise God, they'll turn their world upside down. You get God inside of a person that's already sold out and get truth in them, they'll be like Paul. I'm convinced we got people right now sitting on pews in churches. All they need is just to lift their hands. They've already repented. They've already asked God to forgive them. And they could get baptized in Jesus' name. God fill them with the Holy Ghost. And the next thing you know, you got another Paul on your hands. They're telling everybody everywhere, praise God. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. 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 I feel the whole, I feel the presence. Do you feel what I'm feeling? I feel the presence of the Lord. I feel the love of God flowing into this place right now. I feel mercy coming into this place right now. Hallelujah. You know, we go through stages. And since you've seen it, your, your mom and dad are missionaries. You've seen people go through stages. Brother Nick, I went through one one time where I, I, I kind of felt like church was kind of like a buffet. 
I'd say, Lord, let mercy be there tonight. Lord, let there be power in that place tonight. Let there be healing in that place tonight. One day the Lord said, if I'm there, it'll all be there. You don't have to pick and choose. You don't have to tell me what to do. I know how to do it, praise God. I was young in the ministry at that time, and I thought I need to help God figure out what to do, praise God. But you know what? He don't need my help. He just needs me to declare the gospel. He just needs me to let everybody in here know that God loves you regardless of where you've been, what you've done, what you said, what you thought. I've got a God that'll love you and forgive you of everything you've said, thought, and done just like that, praise God. Next thing you know, you got those hands in the air and the power of God's coming in and you're speaking a language you never learned, praise God. Oh, come on, let's love him a little more. I feel the Holy Ghost. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. The power of God's alive in this place tonight. The glory of God's alive in this place tonight. You believe the gospel. You believe Jesus Christ is he who is and was and is to come, the Almighty, praise God. Mm, in Jesus' name. Sis, I'm going to ask you to come on back and just play something very softly. I'm going to close. I could be here half the night telling you folks things I have seen God do. People I've seen God drag out of that life they've been living. I've gone to prisons before and preached. 253 of me, one time it was about 500. And at the end of the service, it was wall to wall, wall to wall, men that wanted God. They would never have got where they were if they'd have known God because they wouldn't have been in drugs and they wouldn't have been in alcohol. They wouldn't have been stealing, wouldn't have been doing all that stuff. And now they're, they're finding out that I can have him. I can, I can be just as clean as anybody ever lived. I'm just, I can be just as forgiven as whoever, praise God. The gospel has got power in it, has got deliverance in it. You know, there's times, there's two ways, and it's up to God how he does it. But he can just deliver you out of a circumstance. Maybe a bad deal on a job, maybe... Uh, I don't know, bad relationship. Could be a financial thing. Could I don't know. There's lots of things we get into in our life. And we need God's help. Now he can just move, he can just pick you up. Not literally, physically move you, but spiritually move you. And never, ever, ever be bothered by that thing again. But there's other times when God just comes and gives you strength within yourself to lay it down and walk off and leave it. But Mike, I thank God we don't have a 12-step program. Mm -mm. No, I'm not throwing rocks at them. Don't misunderstand me. But you don't need a 12-step program. You need to repent of your sins. Ask God to forgive you. Bible said when we confess our faults, he is faithful and just to forgive them and the blood of Jesus Christ will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. 
and then be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Come into a covenant relationship with God by accepting His name on your life. That's the two things you can do. You got control over those because you don't have to repent. I can't make you repent. The Bible says compel them to come. I might be bigger than you. I might can make you come down here and pray, but I can't make you mean it. But if you really want to get your life straight, really want to get changed, really want to get something on the inside of you, Sister Martha, I had to have something that could help me overcome me. I was my worst enemy. The devil didn't get a chance. I messed me up before he got a chance. I needed something, sis, to keep me out of the thinking that I was in and keep me out of the activities I was in. I had, I had tried, but I couldn't get out of them. And then when I got the Holy Ghost, Paul said, the things I once loved, I now hate. The things I once thought I couldn't live without, I realized I don't need that. I don't need that at all. And when you allow God to deliver you, when you allow God to give you victory over things, and all through your experience with God, I, I've had the Holy Ghost almost 46 years now. But you know what? I've needed him just last week. I need him just as much as I did that first day. And you know what I found? He was just as willing. It's a learning process. It's a process of growing. And when you, when, you, when you see something in your life that you need to change, and you think, well, I've been doing that for, man, I'm 68 years old, and I've been doing that all that time. God said, that's nothing. I'll just touch you, and tomorrow when you wake up, you won't even think that way. But, Mike, it's beautiful. When I, when I just discover, you know what? God's been working in my head again. I'm not thinking the same way I used to. I won't, I won't go into much detail on this. But from the time I was 12 years old, I had a battle I couldn't win. Now, I, I hate to even admit that. Here I am, 6'2", 250 pounds. I ought to be able to overcome things. But I had a battle I couldn't overcome. I had something between my ears, Sister Martha, that I, I, couldn't, I couldn't get it. I couldn't wrestle it around and get it where I wanted it and keep it there. I could get there temporarily, but Kyle, it would come back. I was 12 years old. And I prayed, I prayed, I prayed, God, forgive me, cleanse me. Get this out of my mind. Give me victory over this thing. This thing is ruining. I lay awake at night with it ruining my sleep. I get up in the morning, I'm tired because I hadn't slept at night and I've been frustrated because of this thing that's between my ears. I had strength to go on and do what I needed to do, but it would invariably come back. Now, there's a few of you in here that's going to probably be able to kind of get on the same length I'm going to get on right here. God sometimes has to do things in us to help us in ways that some folks don't understand. 2001, I had an elevator break with me on it, about six floors high. Busted me all up. I got a big rod in my back now. 
because busted up. While I was laying on my back, struggling with the pain, I still had this thing in my brain. 2003, I had surgery on that. 2005, I went to Tyler Tabernacle on a Wednesday night and preached my heart out, and after I got through, I had a heart attack. Had to have open-heart surgery. 2000, and, and, and all this stuff with the, part, the pain and then having the surgery done, this little thing was still in my brain. Sister Amy, it was just, it, it was still there. It hadn't gone. 2010, I had to have a pacemaker put in. My heartbeat got down to 28 beats a minute. 2012, it got to messing up. They had to change it out and put a new one in. But Tom found out in, I think, 2012, I had diabetes. Take medication every day. You say, your God can heal. He can. If he wants to, he can do it. But if not, I'm just going to keep on walking. He knows where I am and who I am. I can, I can lay hands on other people and see them healed and not be healed and not feel bad at God. He's God, not me. But since earlier this year, I got diagnosed with cancer. I got it in my body now from what they tell me. And I don't know what it was about it. But since that thing has left. Kyle, for the first time since I was 12 years old, I got peace in my mind. It's not about making me wealthy. It's about getting me thinking right and about getting me living right and getting me to heaven. I don't want, I don't want to live with things that I don't need in my life. I, I, I told him, I said, God, whatever you got to do, get this thing out of me. If you, you want to just give me victory over it, fine. But I don't know why I did it, Sister Martha, but I wake up in the morning now with peaceful mind. I wouldn't trade it. I wouldn't trade it. I wouldn't trade it for anything. And I, th I this is weird, I know, I, but I have. I have literally woke up in the morning and laid there in my bed and said, Thank you, Lord, for loving me enough that you'd let this come to get me thinking right. Thank you, Lord, that you know your thoughts are so much higher than my thoughts. Your ways are so much higher than my ways. You say, well, preacher, are you feeling? No, I'm not. Don't, don't pity me. Lord, have mercy. Don't pity me. There's a lot of folks who need pity, not me. I'm doing things. I'm going places. I'm building for the future. Praise God. One of these days, I'll leave here and go to be with the Lord. But until I do, I'm not letting any grass grow under my feet. I'm going to say, Lord, you are my healer. You are my deliverer. You are my savior. You are my sustainer. You are everything. You are. I have not stopped praising him. I praise him more now than I did before. I thank him more now than I did before. I, did, I wouldn't have chosen that, but God, I'm so glad you do what I needed. <laughs> oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in here tonight. I feel the Holy Ghost in here tonight talking to somebody and telling you I love you more than anything. I died for you. I shed my blood for you.
I want to help you. I want to minister to you. I want to get you to where you need to be. Oh, in the name of the Lord, I feel the Holy Ghost. Come on, just open your heart and love him a little bit. Open your heart and love him a little bit. He loves you. 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 <laughs> oh, I feel the Lord just wrapping his arms around this congregation tonight. I feel the Lord just wrapping them around there and saying, I, I, I got ways of loving you that you don't know about. You don't understand. You don't know all the things I can do. You don't know all the ways I can help you. Lord, in the power of the Holy Ghost. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds tomorrow. Everybody in the building, let's stand our feet. Praise God in Jesus' name. You know what, there's some of you in here tonight that ought to just walk up here and you ought to just lift your hands up and you ought to praise him a little while because he's working in your behalf. The gospel is working in your behalf. The gospel is working in your family. The gospel is working in your job. The gospel is working. Oh, it's working, it's working, it's working, it's working, it's working. If you're here tonight without the Holy Ghost, Jesus wants to fill you with his love and his mercy and his power. There's nothing like it in this world. Nothing like it in this world. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Right in your pew where you are, why don't you lift those hands and praise him?